This is Tiny Themes Podcast with your host, Amanda Batts. We're having a great week so far. This is Amanda Batts with Tiny Themes Podcast. So glad to have you here this week. It is going to be a little bit of a different episode because I'm recording today's podcast a little early because we're about to be on vacation. We're going on a family cruise and I'm so excited to be out there relaxing for a little bit, but I didn't want to miss out on giving you guys some fun information and updates and tips and tricks. So today's episode, we're going to be talking actually about the Peppa Pig theme park here in Orlando. It is absolutely adorable and way fun if you have little kids. That's going to be the main topic we're discussing today and I'm sharing tips on, but of course I always have updates for you. There's always something going on with these theme parks. As far as Disney updates, one of my favorite things to check out at Easter at Disney is the Grand Floridian because the Grand Floridian lobby, they have Easter eggs that are made out of chocolate and other edible items and they're decorated with all sorts of like characters on them and they're really unique. I actually have a reel, I'll share it in my Insta stories. It's really, really neat to see how artistic everything is. They have little treats for sale. Easter bunnies with like M&Ms inside. They're all like freshly made. They have Rice Krispie treats and Mickey shapes. They're really cute for Easter baskets. So if you're coming to Disney close to Easter, you may wanna stop in there, check out the sights and the smells of course, and maybe grab a couple things to put in the Easter baskets. I don't know if y'all are familiar with this. I'm sure you are. It's the like $5,000 for like three nights or something, maybe even less than that. Long weekend on the Star Cruiser, the Galactic Star Cruiser, and it's basically an immersive Star Wars experience. I'm very intrigued by it. I think it sounds fantastic. I would love to do it one day. I hear that it's much better for older kids. So if you have kids that are like elementary school and older, I hear it's fantastic and a lot of fun. And so if you're splurging and that's part of your vacation, I've heard really good things about it. But we all knew the price point is ridiculously high. I'm not terribly surprised that this is happening, but they're actually removing the amount of voyages. They started by removing dinner times and there was only going to be like one dinner seating and now they're only doing two voyages a week starting in October. I think a lot of the people who really wanted to do it have already done it or they've been priced out unfortunately because it's a really high price point. So if you're coming to Disney, like I kind of get why locals do it because it is a vacation and an experience, but if you have to pay to come to Disney and then your whole Disney trip and the Galactic Star Cruiser, that's like I don't know what, 15 grand or something? Like that's My math could be slightly off, but I think that's like at least 15 grand if you have like a family of four. If you're doing a Disney vacation and Galactic Star Cruiser, it might even be more than that if you're counting flight. Definitely a high price point. It looks like a really incredible immersive experience and I'd love to check it out one day. But for now, if you've done it, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I know I have a couple friends who've done it and they enjoyed it a lot but I'd love to hear your thoughts if you have done it, want to do it, I'm just curious. Universal also just announced a rebrand, so they are now called Universal Destinations and Experiences instead of Universal Parks and Resorts. And there's been a lot of buzz about the logo changes because they're definitely a different style and people are not happy with it. I think it's different for sure, but it's interesting how many people are just like not having it. It's how they're rebranding because it's more of an experience and destination versus parks and resorts only is what they're saying. But I thought it was an interesting shift. So let me know what you think about the logos. As far as some other stuff happening in Orlando, the Prego Expo, which I know I talked about a little bit ago, but is coming up April 2nd. 
It is at the Rosen in Orlando, and there should be a lot of really fantastic vendors there, lots of good education, getting to hang out with other moms and parents in the area. So I'm excited to check that out. If you would like to join, because I will be there, I do have the code if you want to purchase some tickets. It's in my show notes, so feel free to join. I'd love to see you there. And then MegaCon, I know I talked about that, and I finally did end up buying tickets. I know I was on the fence about it. It's on, I think it's May 30, March, sorry, March 31st. It's been a long week, y'all. March 31st through April 2nd. I was debating on if I was going to go or not, and then I saw the queen, Jody Benson, was going to be there. And I said to myself, I got to go and I got to take my little redhead along. So we're going to check out Megacon for the first time. It should be a lot of fun. We're going to go meet Jody Benson. I did also purchase a photo time with Sean Gunn, which if you're a Gilmore Girls fan like me, I'm really excited to see Kirk. And yes, Tallulah and I already have our outfits picked out. I'm really excited for that. So follow along. If you're going to be there, stop by and say, hey, I'd love to see you. And if you're going, I'd love to hear what costume you're going to do if you're sharing it in advance, of course. I think that's what I'm most excited about. I can't wait to see Jody Benson, but I love getting to check out how creative people are with costumes at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So seeing them in the wild at MegaCon sounds fantastic. So I can't wait for that. So I got to go to the Tron preview the other day, and I promised you a recap on here. So I'm going to give you a full recap. Before I get to the ride recap, I'm going to share some of the things that I found fascinating and really practical and really helpful, especially for parents. The canopy above the ride itself is amazing and it is incredibly welcomed. It is so hard to find large shaded spots at the park. So it was a really hot day and between the ride being next to a little lake and the addition of the canopy, it felt honestly about 10 degrees cooler over in that region, which was fantastic and lovely because it was super hot that day. And if you've been to Legoland, Florida, it actually reminded me a lot of the feeling of when you're over at the, what do they call it? Cities of America. I think they call it over there. It's the Lego cities. It's under this huge canopy and it's just a very refreshing feel because it's right by the lake. So there's like a constant breeze. So that area is beautiful. I was expecting to, of course, love it at night, but during the day, I didn't realize how fantastic it would be. So that's lovely. And the canopy is really great for parents because if you're doing a baby swap, there's a ton of shaded spots to sit with your kiddo while you're waiting for your other adult who's with you to go on the ride. I do wish there were more benches. I think I only saw one bench back there, which there's a lot of people just like sitting on the ground, which I was one of them. I mean, they may add some before it officially opens on the 4th of April. We'll see. And then there also are brand new restrooms over there, which is a big deal because without them, the nearest one would be over by Storybook Circus or over by Space Mountain, which they're both a little ways away. So it's a nice welcome addition. And it's right next to, like it's right at the canopy up at the top of the hill by the ride. So it's very convenient. The changing station's great for babies. I feel like we get so excited about restrooms because with a toddler, when someone needs to go, you gotta go real fast. So I get very excited when they add new restrooms to places to make things convenient. Now I of course went during a preview But the line, once you're under the canopy, honestly was not too long. Now, granted, there was no lightning lane, which I don't even know if they're going to do that from the get-go because I think it's all virtual queue at this point. When it opens, I mean, in April. The line itself, it really was pretty quick because the ride has a little pre-show, but it's nothing too long. So you're really just kind of waiting to go in a very short pre-show and then get in the actual loading station. And the locker system, I know we talked about that before, is really nice. They have two sides. So you pick 
one side, you pick a lit number. Right now you can only put your actual physical ticket or your magic band on to open it. I tried using Apple Wallet. My annual passes, I have linked to my Apple Wallet and that's how I like get into the park and things like that, which is super convenient. But it was interesting because they're like, oh no, no, that doesn't work right now. Make sure you have either a magic band or a ticket. And if you don't and you only have it on your wallet, then they do have little locker tickets that they can use and then you return them at the end. So, but you put everything in one side and then when you exit, you just go to the other side and it's very simple how they have that working. So that is a really convenient, practical option. Also, I know we talked about this earlier, but they do have those little phone holders and it's right in front of like your, if you look down, it's like where your chin would be, but like straight down on the the motorcycle. So I thought it was going to be like in the back, but it's right in the front. And so you could put your phone in there. It's actually a pretty big compartment. So um, I set my phone. I have a, oh gosh, I don't even know. XS Max. Is that one of them? Yeah. And it fit perfectly fine. It didn't fit like sideways. I had to put it in just like I would be holding it normally, but it had, there was a ton of room. So if you need to put something there, you absolutely can. Okay. Now I will always be honest with you. That's what I'm here for. I do not get claustrophobic very easily. However, when I got on this ride, the way that it's set up, it just has kind of a strange feeling to it. You're very heavy on your knees, but you don't I didn't feel like I was very safe. Like, obviously I know I was or else they wouldn't get it passed, but my brain was just struggling with that. So I ended up having to get off of the standard seat. And then I asked if there was another option. They actually have a row that has a lap bar in the back and it still kind of leans forward. Like you can lean forward. They have little bars in the front so it can kind of feel like you're still moving in that kind of space. But there were genuinely a lot of people that were getting off the ride once they tried out the seats, which I thought was interesting. The line to ride in that back row was actually pretty significantly long. And I am I heard from other people who had gone in the preview after I had gone through that because I, re- I really didn't try to like look into much because I wanted to just experience it all myself. When I heard from cast members and folks who have gone There were quite a few people that also were like, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. I need to go into the one with the lap bar. And it could be a whole myriad of reasons why you would want to do that. But it is really nice that they do have that option. So you can still experience the ride. The ride itself is very cool. I enjoyed the launch was very awesome. I think they say it tops out speed wise at 59 miles an hour. Not sure what it is right at launch, but the launch is epic. And then you launch and you go outside and that canopy is really fun. And it's cool how close you get to the guests that are waiting. I thought that was really fun to experience. But then when you get back into the building, because you go back into the building after the canopy section, it felt so rock and roller coaster. Um, No upside down kind of twists or turns, but it did feel super rock and roller coaster. And I thought that was interesting. You go under these like arches and things and twist around, but it was very cool. And it was a very fun ride. I enjoyed it a lot. People said it was really short, which it is only a minute. And if you go to Guardians, which is three minutes long, it didn't feel like too, too short to me. I thought it was a nice amount of time. It was it was definitely a lot of fun. So I encourage you to check out the ride. Don't feel embarrassed or upset if you need to go to that back row with the lap bar. There are a lot of people that are in that same boat right now. I hope you get to check it out soon because it is a really cool ride. Lots of energy and adrenaline, and it's just an excellent space to walk around and check out too. Today we're talking Peppa Pig Park. It is located right next to Legoland, which is one of the most convenient things about it. It is definitely, I'd say, a half-day park, or if you live locally, it seems like a great place for an annual pass. If you are watching your kids during the day and need a place to play, 
But basically how you get to Peppa Pig Park is you drive to Legoland, park in the same parking lot, and then instead of going left to go to the Legoland main entrance, you go to the right for the Peppa Pig entrance. So Peppa Pig Park has a ton of attractions for little ones, and there's a lot of play spaces as well, so it's really excellent for that early toddler stage. And before I get too far, I just heard an announcement. Another Peppa Pig Park is coming outside of Dallas very soon which is exciting. Dallas definitely seems to be the spot where they're trying to add new parks. I know Universal is doing a park concept out there. Now Peppa Pig Park is too. So we'll see if Dallas is going to be like the next theme park location, which there's a lot of families there and Dallas is a wonderful place. So we'll see. Okay, back to Peppa Pig Orlando info. There's lots of spots for the parents to sit, which I do really appreciate that they thought that through because a lot of parks, there's not always good seating, just like I was talking about for Tron. So they really did think about that. So there's a lot of spots to sit and relax. However, there isn't a lot of shade. So just make sure that when you go that you lather up the sunscreen for sure. Also, they have one dining location at Peppa Pig Park and it's cute and it's adorable inside, but the lines do get very long if you're going on a weekend, so just come prepared. Make sure that you're there. I recommend getting lunch a little early, then just hop on the ride when everyone is waiting for lunch because we did that and it really helped us get on quite a few rides pretty quickly. The one area that I wish we explored when we went, and we will next time for sure, is the splash pad. It is huge and definitely a cornerstone of the park itself. Just make sure you bring a swim outfit and a towel and I honestly think your kids could probably spend most of the day there if they like splash pads the same way that our kids do. I didn't research that beforehand, so that was on me for not bringing a swimsuit, but it was adorable and there were a ton of families over there, but it was big enough that it didn't feel overcrowded. I recommend bringing a suit for sure while you're there. Also, one of the cool things about Peppa Pig theme park is it's a certified autism center. So they have sensory guides posted at every attraction, noting the ranking of intensity for touch, taste, sight, sound, and smell. So it best prepares guests, which I think is pretty cool. As far as characters go, Peppa does come out during the story time at their little theater, which is very cute. So I recommend seeing her. She does do meet and greets after story time. We missed it by just a few seconds. There was one family in front of us and then they cut it. So we did not actually get to meet Peppa, but you can meet her right after story time, which is cute. And I know Tallulah and Viv really want to meet Peppa next time, which Vivi and the way that she asked for Peppa, because we don't watch a ton of TV with the kids right now. We're basically doing Daniel Tiger occasionally and Peppa Pig occasionally and Vivi asks for Peppa Pig by just going, <laughs> it gets me every time. It's hard to say no to that because she goes, mommy, <laughs> I'm like, you want to watch Peppa Pig? And she's like, yeah, it's just, it cracks me up. But Peppa Pig, it's just so sweet. And I do appreciate how the park is really simple. A lot of the kids rides actually remind me a lot of the Dollywood kids area. If you've gone to Dollywood and you have done some of like the games and the rides and everything, is very reminiscent of that. Like they have a bear ride in Dollywood that looks a lot like the dinosaur ride that they have here. Kind of just like goes on this little track, very slow moving, but cute. We did a pirate ride that was a boat ride and it just went around in circles, but the boat like sloshed up and down. Everything is just perfect for a young toddler age. Tallulah was obsessed with this area. They had tricycles and it was like a little track. It was like a very small curb, but the bikes couldn't get out of the curb. I mean, I'm sure they probably could, but if they're riding it properly, they can't. Tallulah must have done, oh my gosh, like 30 rounds on that tricycle just 
going around the little track. So there's a lot of activities that aren't like the standard wait in line for an attraction kind of thing. At Peppa Pig Park, they have a lot of play areas and they have some like game areas too, where you can throw bean bags and knock down like carnival game style things, but you actually set it up yourself. So there really isn't much waiting for that. So it's definitely a very unique concept as far as theme parks go. We spent two hours. We did quite a few attractions. We did the play areas. We did the bike riding. We tried to meet Peppa. We shopped. We ate. And we did, honestly, a lot of the park. So I would recommend if you have a dual ticket with Legoland to do Peppa Pig Park first and then go over to Legoland because Legoland tends to close much later than Peppa Pig Park. So you have a few more hours over at Legoland than you would at Peppa Pig Park. I do recommend if you are going out there, since it is a little bit of a haul from Orlando, getting a dual ticket pass for the day. Legoland is beautiful. I'm going to dig into that on another episode at some point soon. It's a fantastic park. I think their theming is spot on. It's beautiful. It's at the old Cypress Garden. So if you're familiar with that, so if you're going to be out there already, Legoland does have quite a bit for young kids too. There's definitely some older rides as well there, but the age range is just perfect to pair together. So I definitely recommend if you're able to get out there to go to the Peppa Pig Park, you also book a ticket for Legoland. It's a very calm experience in comparison to like one of the bigger parks like a Disney or a Universal. So there is some charm to that because I do feel like it's less stressful and they are a little more lenient with things. Like I know SeaWorld, I'd say SeaWorld aims to accommodate to a younger crowd since they have Sesame Street Land, but then they also have the bigger rides too. But there's some elements about Legoland and Peppa Pig Park that are just more simple for parents. So I know I'm going to talk about this when we go over SeaWorld stuff, but SeaWorld doesn't allow you to bring external food at all um, and drinks that are not water. So like we brought a soda in and they threw it out. Peppa Pig Park, Legoland, you can pack your own lunches, bring whatever snacks you want and picnic there if you want, or, you know, just have whatever you need on you, which I think there's a lot to be said to that instead of having to pay like an asinine amount of money for food if you don't want to. But the food at Legoland is actually really good too. And the Peppa Pig Park, like I said, that food is great. So it's just, it's a great experience. I recommend doing both. We'll talk more about Legoland for sure, but Peppa Pig Park is great for toddlers. I could absolutely see getting a pass if I lived closer because I think it would be a really fun spot to let your kids just kind of play as if they're playing at a playground um, if you lived more locally. So if you do live local, I definitely recommend it because I would do that if it wasn't like an hour drive or an hour and a half for us. That is Peppa Pig Park. The episode's a little shorter today because I actually am headed out on vacation. So I'm recording this before I'm going out on vacation. I will be sharing lots of tips on cruising with toddlers. More to come on that when I return next week. But I hope you have a lovely rest of your week. Q&A wise this week, I'm going to be skipping also just because I got some packing to do and I'm cutting it dangerously close. Although I tried my best to prep a lot. So I think we're basically set, but you know, those last minute things that you just have to kind of think through your daily to-do list. So I'm going to go do that. So awesome to chat with you as always. Thank you for tuning in to Tiny Themes Podcast. If you have any questions that you want to ask or have answered on the podcast, feel free to send me a message over on my Instagram, bibbidi-bobbidi-bats, or you can send a message at tinythemespodcast at gmail.com. On behalf of myself and one of my favorite little assistants at Tiny Themes Podcast. 